Welcome to Define You Radio, the place to be for real talk and real tips to help you define your personal and professional life. Class is in session with your host, the Southern Belle of Bold, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session. Welcome to Define You Radio. I am your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. On today's special session, me and my son, Cameron Griffin, have a discussion in between the episodes of Ava DuVernay's Netflix docuseries, When They See Us. It gets quite emotional, especially at the end of our discussion. Warning. I do use some language. Pens and papers ready. Class is now in session. Oh, before you start, if you have not seen the movie, spoiler alert throughout this session. Also, I hope to see you guys at the movie experience. You can find out more at ValenciaGWallace.com slash events. See you in Florida. Okay. After, this is Valencia Griffin-Wallace. I'm here with my son, Cameron Griffin, age 22. And we just watched the first part of When They See Us. And we're just discussing that episode before we move on to the other ones. So, Cameron, as a 22-year-old black male... What are your thoughts after seeing the first episode? My thoughts would be that you know, seeing these kids who really was just in the park having fun, you know, how easily their whole lives could be changed around a bunch of crooked cops only for a broken law system can basically, you know, mess up their lives, you know, and it kind of goes into how. Um, you know, basically how you work, how detectives and cops can easily twist, twist your words around, and basically with them being juveniles, well, with them being potential juveniles because of the mix-up words, you know, with them not knowing their rights, you know, it really put them in a crazy situation to now they could be facing jail time behind a rape of a lady that they didn't even know of or about. And, you know, they purposely targeted the kids because they wanted to put a face on something, but none of the information was lining up, so they made them sign stuff to make the information line up. And I think it kind of shows the, you know, the cruel and unusual punishment that comes with being, you know, a young black male who was just at the wrong place at the wrong time and how easily it can be to be manipulated and force against your own will, which I believe we still had these same problems to this day. But I like how one of the kids, I think it was Yusuf, his mother, knew that, you know, basically her son didn't have to say nothing. He has a right to attorney, he has a right to remain silent. So just knowing those simple rights could have kept them out of that situation. And, you know, even though they were putting, them hand, putting their hands on they could eventually, you know, got free. But it's kind of like, they had to act out of character and do stuff they didn't want to do just so they could 
get home because they were just some young kids who just want to go home who got held against their own will. So thinking back to when you were 14, 15, 16, let's see, that would have been what, like 8th, ninth, 10th grade, something like that? Yes, And I know, you know, where we live is a different kind of area, but where we live doesn't didn't protect you then from something like this happening. And that's why uh, I know it seems like I was strict and always wanted to know your whereabouts, who you was with, what you was doing, how long you was going to be there. But because I know, even though, you know, in 89, I think I was, when this happened, I think I was um, 12. I was probably like 11 or 12. I was 12, had to be 12. Uh, <clears throat> I wasn't really aware of what was going on, but there's not a big difference between 12 and 14, which was the age of the youngest one. And, um, you know, I don't know if at that age I knew my rights, but, and I don't know if I would have had sense enough then, you know, after being held for hours with no food, no water, not being able to go to the bathroom. I don't know if I would have had sense enough then to not say anything. I think that's the really messed up part. Because if you if you think about it, you hungry and ready to eat every three, four hours. Eat especially at that age. Um so it's 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 a, a mental torture and some and physical torture that was put upon these boys. Like you said, they were boys, you know, and stuff like that. Some grown men couldn't handle. And it, it sucks. It, it's messed up. That's why in situations, you know, is as parents, we have to know. And if I don't teach, if you didn't know anything else at that age, you knew your first call is, was always your mama. Don't say shit. I think I, I didn't worry about explaining the if, ands, and buts. The, your first call, I don't never say shit. And I, I think I... um enforce that to you to where you knew if there was ever an issue you knew not to say shit and just to call call me don't say shit I don't care I'd rather you be hungry and starving and your stomach hurt than you go to jail or get in trouble um, that's like with the situation at school remember um, when your arm was broke and the teacher tried to say you pushed them you don't remember that, do you? No. I, it was it was one of your classes, and your teacher said that you uh, bumped bumped them or something like that. Oh yeah, and and yeah, but and how you know you knew to to tell me, and then of course your school knew me, so they knew they better run them cameras because I know you, and I will fight for you at whatever cost, and um. You know, but as a as a young black man, it, it, it was important. And I think anybody should watch this movie, whether it's a, a young black man or a young Asian girl. 
But to, to them, they have a choice. To me, you don't have a choice because you need to see that, yeah, you're in the military. You know, we know cops and everything else. But at the end of the day, your, your skin makes you a threat to other people. Even though to me and to people that know you, it's a different story. So, you know, whether you are in, you know, your your fraternity clothes or your military clothes or your regular street clothes going to whatever else, um, society has a different way of seeing you. And that's their problem. The only thing I feel like what you have to do is know, know your rights and know how to protect yourself. So... You know, going forward, so we could go ahead and get into the second episode. Um, when you have kids way down the line, hopefully a grandson, uh, first, and even you know, a granddaughter, whatever I don't know, that's way down the line. What, what do you think could be important for you to talk to them about? You know, I want to talk to them, you know, about, you know, the history, <clears throat> the history. You know, I want to definitely make sure they know their rights, make sure they know certain amendments that can protect them. Just, you know, make sure they got their street sense and their book sense mainly. You know, make sure they're a well-rounded person and make sure they know what to do in certain situations because I feel like our people, black people, you know, we get stuck, like how these kids were stuck in situations to where we don't know what to do. And that's when I feel like, you know, uh, somebody you know, who's just evil-minded can basically, you know, try to use their wicked ways and like manipulate you because you don't know. So like if your brain don't have nothing to go by, whatever somebody says can easily get inside your brain. It can have you think certain ways. And that's why you also, I feel like I have to treat Make sure that the kids have a, uh, you know, good willpower and good defense against stuff that shouldn't be in the head. Yeah. You know? And I, I think that's the that's the one thing without without me taking your childhood or making you feel like you couldn't enjoy your childhood. That's why I just always made sure you knew anything ever happened. You call. Don't say shit and call me. And who you with, where you at, how long you going to be. And that's why even now I still call where you at. Do I, because you know me, I even now with you being in college, I'm like, uh, if I don't hear from you, I'm on my way. I think as you get older, you understand why I was always the way that I was with you when you were young, even though it seemed like I was strict or didn't want you to. I never forget one time you was like, you don't want me to do anything. You don't want me to have freedom. Everybody else, mama, don't check on them like that. That's on them and they mama. But as far, <laughs> you know, and, and I couldn't, I didn't want you going into the world carrying a certain weight. I wanted you to have a certain awareness. I wanted you to know that if nothing else was ingrained in you, if anything ever happened, you call your mama and don't say shit. To me, that's like, and that's still the rule at 22. You could say I'm calling an attorney. If they say you can't call your mama, I'm calling an attorney. And you call me because I do know attorneys I could call. 
But your first step, you know, is is to to definitely call me. But I think you seeing this movie may help you um, realize that people can can mess you over and try to weaken you and make you sign stuff and try to do this. And, you know, sometimes you got people, you, you know, there are, there's bad in, in, in every race. No, you know, no doubt, but every white person is not like Craig. And I'm not just saying white, I'm talking about Asian people or whatever else. They're not all, they're not all like Craig and his family and even your friends that you know, and everything else. That's like number one, two, and three. So they got people that want nothing better than to set you up and for it to be your downfall. So that's the, the summary of, of my thoughts. And the thing is, I, I love that you said they were boys, they were kids. Because that, that's the truth. But then you hear that the other people don't care. And then, you, you know, uh, like the cop had questions. The other lady had questions the mama came in there most moms are are built different at least your mama built different but i do think it's sad but at a certain you as parents today and as young people today there never should be a time that you are in a situation by yourself it's knowing your right to remain silent and knowing your right to an attorney and that phone call so that's why, like, there's never, I think the only time that we don't talk or text um, is when I know you're at work. So do you have any final thoughts before I close out our summer and summarization of the first episode? That's it. That's all I can say. Okay. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed me and Cameron's um, thoughts on the first episode. We're going to go ahead and get into the second. Cameron, what are your thoughts? Because part two is is the trial, and it was crazy just how how it went, and you really see how they didn't have a case, and even their own evidence went against them, but the jury still found them guilty. Why why do you think it is thinking back to the when they had the trial? I mean, I feel like during those times, you know, we looked at them as a minority. You we know, still is, looked at as a minority. But we looked at even more of a minority, which I don't even like that word because I don't believe it to be true. But, you know, everybody in the room knew that these boys were innocent, but... The thing that was going against them was because they, they couldn't find nobody else to blame, so they used them. And since they didn't have no evidence on that side, they was like, well, technically we don't have a reason to let y'all be free because we still have to have somebody to blame. And they was looking at like how the youngest one had the mark on his face. And then since they was forced to say that stuff on the tapes, the tapes already got them in trouble. So that's about, like I said, simply knowing your rights. Like, they would have never said nothing on the tape. Then I think they would have been fine. But 
It was messed up because it had to do the time regardless. It's just kind of how everything played out. And like I said, I still believe the jury system is broken. And basically, it's kind of messed up because even though they have no evidence pointing towards them, you know, they was looking at like, well, we started with y'all and we need somebody to blame. So I feel like because of those two reasons, it's the reasons why they were locked up. Well, the the locked up portion, them confessing this one part, the them being locked up, I mean, the, then the trial is a whole other part. And then what's crazy, if I'm not mistaken, they just passed the law, um, not passed the, I don't know if they passed the law, I don't think it was in law, but um, it's this thing called gerrymandering, don't quote me, but I think that's what it's called. So basically they could dismiss you from a jury for no reason. So for instance, if I was the prosecutor, I think it's the prosecutor that uh, work on the state side. If I was the prosecutor and we were picking a jury and I know as a young black male, if you were sitting on my jury, you would be more likely to think they were innocent I could dismiss you without reason. So I could make sure the cards in the jury are stacked against them. Um, but then a lot of times, you know, especially what what I find is that the news and, and people like that, they're only going to give you enough facts of the case to make, make you seem guilty. So people already form their opinion. Because you look at like cases when uh, young men are being killed, you know how like they'll the next thing they put out is their record or they got suspended in ninth grade for fighting and something like that and mm. you know the and so people are so stupid and have sheep like mindsets they think one has to do with each other that's like you know with my background in history you better believe if something god forbid something happened to me but they're gonna say well you know, she had how many, these many fights in school and uh, she was in a gang and all that kind of stuff. They ain't going to say nothing about me being a, a best-selling author and raising a successful son, you know. So it's, it's, they call it the court of public opinion, you know. And so the jury, I think during that case, you know, the jury's mind was already leaning one way because you hear white woman raped, teenagers in the park wilding out. Um, and it's like, oh my God, they guilty. They did, did this. But what's crazy is around the same time, they had a black woman that was raped and, and killed. But because this white lady got raped and she didn't even die. I mean, not to sound, you know, like I'm not sympathetic, but it is what it is. And um nobody, you know, her her stuff didn't catch any headlines like that. You know, so it's crazy, especially looking at the trial, and it's like, what the heck? Because if you didn't know the outcome, you think that they would be getting off. Cause the cops got up there and even said they lied and confused facts and and or confuse their lives and everything else, but they still got found guilty. 
So then we talk about part three that kind of skips forward to them getting out of jail. What what are what are your thoughts about that part? Uh, going back to part two real quick, cause you know, like I just just real quick, like dealing with the the black lady got raped. You know, I feel like you know she her story wasn't gonna make headlines because then that time there was, I mean, I feel like it was more white privilege than ever, and then they think about what what sounds better. Being on headlines, though, because for like news is more like entertainment than anything. So, like, what be more entertaining get the people's attention? A white woman getting raped by a group of black kids, or a black woman getting raped by whoever she was raped by. And, you know, they felt like they wanted to put the more, they wanted to put the one that was more entertaining on the radio and on television. And then the second thing would be, I feel like they used the uh, reverse psychology. You know, in the courtrooms, because they did, the lady did talk about the kid, how he was skipping the school the whole month of April, and they were saying other stuff, and the kid was like, What does this guy do in my case? He's like, You bring up other stuff. You know, she was basically trying to make him look all around guilty. That way, when the, uh, I forgot what you call them, but the group people who had to vote, you know, be like, well, the kid was a bad the kid. The jury. Anyway, yeah, the jury. When the jury had to vote, they're like, well, he's a bad kid. Anyway, he wasn't in school. He wasn't doing nothing productive. So he does look like more of a target to rape the woman. That also we do need to know our rights and know this justice system, even though it's crooked and broke down. You know, we are starting to have more people in our favor who do have an understanding but at the same time, there's only so much that we can do because I feel like in some cases, you know, we will still be looked at as a target. And then, you know, there's still a lot of racism going on. That's true. We are. We are um, and what do you think the parents should have done or could have done? The parents could have did more as in basically <clears throat> they could have. Like, I understand that they have, you know, jobs that they have to do and they was worried about the bills. But at the same time, you know, you got these kids who don't know nothing about anything that's going on. And, you know, when they needed them to be there for them, they wasn't. And I feel like as a parent, that's your job to be there for your kids through thick and thin. I feel like if they was there, a lot of stuff that happened would not even ever happen because example when when uh Yusuf's mother came in and was like, Look, my son is basically under the age to even talk to y'all. Y'all shouldn't talk to him, put his hands on him or nothing like that. And once they made it clear, like he basically left and the other kids could have left too. But instead, since the parents didn't know what to do and they wasn't there, it basically made the kids more vulnerable. And by the time they came, it was too late because I already had what they needed to have. And then when the parents did come, you know, instead of them, they frustrated the kids so much. And the kids was like basically saying, I got this. They should have been like, no, stop. Like, what are you about to tell them? And basically address the situation. That way it could have been better handled and they would have not been in that predicament, at least not that many years in prison. So, good point. 
And I think that as parents, it's our job to educate our kids, but most of all, be educated ourselves um, <clears throat> and be willing to fight for our kids. I mean, you know, I guess I look at it one way because I'm a bit of a militant <laughs> and um, because I only have, you know, had you. So, you know, there's nothing more important to me than you, you know, so I see where I would have handled it differently, but I think times are, are different now as far as people being a little bit more educated and notice I said a little bit more. What was interesting is them coming, coming back home after getting out of jail. And you know, once you've been on any job application, that's what they ask you, you know, uh, have you ever been in jail and da, 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 da. So could you imagine somebody, you looking over applications and then you see somebody's a convicted uh, sexual predator. Could you imagine, you know, if you were a business owner, would you hire them? Because, you know, being a convicted felon is one thing. Being a convicted felon, um, a sexual predator, you know, is a whole other. That is true. Um, I feel like that would be a hard decision to make because, I mean, there's so many different cases and reasons and explainings behind it. But at the same time, you know, I would want to be willing to give that chance to them. You know, of course, after really talking to them and understanding, you know, exactly what happened because, like, you know, they already, the system's already bringing them down because of the color of their skin. And then now they go to prison and that's, that's already two strikes against them. So me having an understanding of that and knowing that they're really trying to better themselves and try their best to get out of the situation that they're in because, you know, they do have to do stuff like reporting every 90 days and from 7 p.m. to 9 a.m. they need to be in the house. So it's already like, they already got all this other stress. The only thing they're asking for you is a chance. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that chance is extremely important and should be given to the right people because some people just... I could I could honestly say as a business owner... I would not have a problem um, hiring somebody, you know, that was a convicted felon, depending on the crime. If, if, if they were a convicted felon and it was like a sexual, it, you know, a sexual predator situation or whatever, I would be like, uh-uh, you know, and it's sad and it sucks, but that's just, that's me being honest. Um, as far as them coming home with their parents, I thought it was sad and it sucked. Um, you know, the relationship with uh, the one guy that he had with his dad being sick, but you can't blame him. But the um, Mexican dude or the Hispanic dude, dad, wife, I wanted to punch her in her throat. She had called him a sex offender. No, called him a, a rapist. rapist. And he got mad because he was like, you don't even know what I had been through. Because, you know, probably he probably had hard times in jail. And then coming out and everybody looking at him as a rapist for a crime that he didn't commit. You know, so now he has to struggle with that. And I feel like that's one reason why he went to the streets. Because it's like, 
nothing is going my way and I need this money. Yeah. So and I I don't know. I didn't like her at at all and um I think after the after the movie if the next part don't say kind of like what happened, you know, with his dad or whatever, I'm gonna book it up because I hope I hope his dad like divorced her because she because what you're not gonna do is be a a bitch to my son and stuff and she come in with her you know having a baby and kids jumping around and basically he had more peace probably had more peace in jail than when he got back home. Yeah, you can tell it all in his face. So, I think the actors did a good job though. Yeah, because it made it like it made it feel like. As if I was, you know, watching the case in real time and really just sitting there. Like, I feel like I was in a court case. I feel like I was in a courtroom waiting on them, like, freedom boys. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, so. to me, as far as um being realistic where you really was involved is was the, the parts of it that was, you know, the court, the court parts. Because, like, you see the evidence... And at first you think, okay, these lawyers are going to be garbage. Um, but, I mean, the lawyers, their lawyers, I thought, did a, a good, yeah, a decent job. Really good. Um, so, it was it was really interesting. That's why I, I do try to make sure I keep some bail money on lock. <laughs> and, you know, like, you don't never know. Um, and after this, I know we kind of talked about, uh, Jenna six, which happened here in, uh, Jenna, Louisiana, but there was also a case and I think either the movies on Netflix or Amazon about Khalif Browder. Um, and he was a young black man that I want to say they accused him of stealing a backpack or something. Mm. And... He was never charged with anything. They it was something like they didn't have his mom didn't have the money to like bail him out. Cause if you get arrested, you need to get be bailed out. I think regardless of whether you get charged with anything or not. So I forgot how long he sat in jail, but come he so many things happened to him while he was in jail that when he got out, it wasn't too long before he committed suicide, and he never did that. So that's something I, I think it'll be after you detox from this, uh, definitely look into and read. Because I want you to be, you know, people want to present this shiny, the world's all roses picture to their kids instead of presenting the real world. That's like with my mom making us sit down and watch Atlanta child murders. We still had Barbies and stuff to play with and, you know, that kind of stuff. But her making us sit down and watch the Atlanta child murders and people, um, some people might have thought that was extreme or you shouldn't do that and everything else. But I tell you what, we ain't get kidnapped. You couldn't even talk to us if you was a stranger. No. So I think, you know, you have to have a balance of letting your child be a child, but still injecting them with the reality of the world we live in those are my closing thoughts any closing thoughts before we move to part four which is the longest part 
No man, I'm just waiting to see the final case. The That's final. The mm-hmm. final. The verdict. What they be saying. Alright. I think this one gonna pick up with the other guy's story, the one that shouldn't even have went to jail. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. Alright, got some close. Okay, so we just finished watching uh the last and final part of when they see us. So Cameron, your your thoughts and feelings. Ooh, can't even lie to y'all. That had me emotional. Like, you know, saying like it's crazy when you see people, you know, like people always talk about prison. But like when you see them in there and like see what they gotta go through, especially, you know, for like a crime that they ain't even do, like that make you feel some type of way. And uh I don't know, that's just, that's just real heavy on my heart. That's just real heavy on my heart, you know, uh, seeing what, especially what uh, Corey Wise had to go through. But, you know, and it's crazy because they even told the people, like, look, you know, we found the real person. You know, we found the evidence that it wasn't none of these kids. It was actually this person. And it's like, oh, they just another person who did it. And it's like, I don't know, just seeing all that evil, you know, somebody just like, that just make you think different about people, you know, and really make you think like how is this, you know, justice system really working because, you know, if that person never came out, they would have still been in there. Well, at least one of them, and he would just serve his maximum time. And um, I'm just glad that it would, the movie was able to portray all five kids live and know before what they had going on and then stuff that happened while they was in there. Hey, you know, kind of just like, you know, like they got to prison and like they learned something about themselves and just learn how to, you know, just live, you know, a big part of their life, you know, through the system. And just seeing that, uh, you know, seeing that justice finally get served, you know, it's like it brought, it brought tears of joy. It broke uh, broke tears of joy to them because they was never supposed to be in that situation. And a baby. It just, it made me so happy just seeing it. <laughs> it made me so happy just seeing them father get their freedom. And just seeing them, you know, finally just leap out the, out the prison free, you know, with their mama. And it just kind of shows, you know, like, you just got to be patient with God. You know, he can really get stuff done. And, uh, you know, that's just, I was just speechless. Like, I really know what to say. You know, I feel like they really, like, really hit home with that one because I feel like a lot of people, you know, can relate to that. Like, everybody always knows somebody that's in jail or just going through hard times or, 
all the stuff that they was wrong, wrongfully convicted of, and uh, like they really just did a real good job in uh, portraying that on a movie. So, like I said, it felt like I was with them, you know, when they was kids, you know, just living a life, not having to worry about nothing, to you know, praying and crying and trying to fight through the, the systems and not go to jail. Something I didn't do. To being in jail and getting attacked by these officers and just random prison mates getting set up, you know, to people dying and to finally getting out. Like, they really went through a process, you know, that changed them forever. And just to see them, like, do stuff like have these different projects to help these kids out, like, you know, I feel like, I feel like we need more of that in the world, you know, really. These are people to, to look out for you and just just make sure you're alright you know I'm just glad that they got their freedom and got their justice and the people who did them wrong you know you know hopefully they forgive those people and just become better people and just live their lives better and that they teach their kids you know everything they need to know so they can be successful young kings and queens so I really like the movie Sorry to get a little emotional, but they said, like, I don't know. It just was one of the movies. So, that's all I got to say. And on that note, we'll end this show. Thanks for listening to Define You Radio. Make sure you connect with the show at www.defineuradio.com. Pins and papers down. Class dismissed. <laughs> <laughs>